2: What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, H-A-W-G Sports.com. What six Saturdays, and we've got Arkansas football. We're going to talk about that. What's coming up on the horizon with fall camp starting? We're going to talk to Danny West to talk about this big recruiting weekend, the Hog Wild Hangout, and we're going to get to your questions. There's more, all that and more on today's episode of Hog Sports Live. <laughs> Hey, before I get started, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. Be sure to follow the page if you haven't done so already. We put all of our free content, not our VIP stuff, on the Facebook page so you can read that and also available on YouTube. Be sure to throw us a like or a thumbs up on both of those platforms. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and hit the notifications bell so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos. Take a moment and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't done so. And we're also available wherever wherever else you can think of to find your favorite podcast spot Google Podcast, everywhere else. Okay. I'm going to bury the lead a little bit because I'm going to get to a little bit of basketball stuff For first. Uh, Curtis Wilkerson reported uh, Kenyon Minifield is going to redshirt as a non-scholarship player next season. So he won't be uh, participating and he'll be practicing, but he won't be playing. So that does actually leave one scholarship open. So something to follow there uh, with basketball. Curtis is taking a little time off and going to be back with us here um, in time for fall camp to start. So scholarship distribution, again, that gives you five returners, Devontae Davis, Travon Brazil, Joseph Pinion, Jalen Graham, Mackay Mitchell, two incoming freshmen, Layden Blocker and Bay Fall. Five transfer additions, Tremon Mark, L. Ellis, Caleb Battle, Jeremiah Davenport, Chandler Lawson, and – one non scholarship redshirt, Kenyon Minifield. Two walk ons, Lawson, Lawson Blake and Car- and Cade Arbogast. Arbogast. Uh, so that's where the basketball roster is, real quick. I know I didn't say I was going to talk anything about basketball, but there's still a little bit. Andrew Ellis, who's uh, going to join in doing some more uh, basketball coverage for us, has his projected starting five. Let me know if you agree with this in the comments. Makai Mitchell at forward, Trevon Brazil at forward, Tremont Market Guard. Devo Davis at guard, and L. Ellis at guard. The only disagreement I have is somewhere in there, I think, Caliph Battle. I think Caleb Battle is going to be in there in some capacity. None of the guys in there, you know, Devo obviously stepped it up as a three-point ace last year. But it's just a, you know, just a guy who can drop a dagger in your heart. Caleb Battle, I mean, he has such range. I just feel like there's a spot for him in the starting five somewhere. So, just want to get to a little bit of basketball stuff. One more thing 24 7 Sports came out with uh, college basketball's most potent guard big du- duos. They had three tiers and a pretty elite list. And uh, Devo Davis and Trevon Brazil made this list also. So, that's notable. Notable to mention. All right. We're gonna to get to Danny West now. Arkansas has the Hog Wild Hangout. Everybody has their idea. LSU has a pool party. Arkansas used to have the Woo Picnic. You know, it, none of the names are really that good. This one's fine, Hog Wild Hangout, but uh, you know, none of the names are, are great, in my opinion. For those of you who don't follow Danny, you can follow him at Danny West twenty four seven. He's the Hog Sports recruiting analyst and does a fantastic job. Most of his content is VIP, which, by the way, today only is fifty percent off, and that ends today is the twenty fifth, July twenty fifth, twenty twenty three, and that ends at eleven o'clock tonight. So, if you want to sign up at Hog Sports, it's fifty percent off, no promo code or anything like that. Danny, how you doing, brother?
3: Doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing good. Long time no talk.
2: It's been a little bit since we had the show. I uh, went to Fort Collins, obviously, and uh, for vacation. Then right after that, I uh, headed out to Nashville for SEC Media Days. I did do a walk and talk, but that's a solo deal with just me and, and whoever's watching. But, uh, yeah, it's good to have you on. And uh, things are gearing up again. It's been a little bit of a lull in recruiting stuff. We had, you know, kind of a lot of visitors come in, then kind of a flurry of commitments, and now looking ahead to this Hogwild Hangout visit list.
3: Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it, to be honest. You know, kind of the last hurrah uh, before his fall camp. I think coaches around the country have kind of trended toward this. We start. Uh, we saw it started with uh, Coach Morris a few years ago. Uh, um, I want to say 2018, 2019. The Wu Pig Nick. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I forgot the nickname there. But, yep, you're right. Um, I think it's a good idea, man. Uh, anytime you can uh, – especially if you got the last official in June for some of these guys, if you can get them – back a month later and, mm-hmm. and kind of be the last face they see before uh, they get back to school. I think that's really key. And some of those guys, I'm sure will, will be in attendance this weekend. Shaping up to be a pretty good list. I've been kind of surprised um, by the 2025 list so far. They've got yeah. some really good players coming in. Now, you know, you would expect all the most of your committed guys uh, to be on hand. I mean, when you talk about a guy like Jaden Ball from uh, Decatur, Georgia, that's a pretty long trip for a a picnic you know it's
2: yeah
3: um maybe you kind of ease up on some of those guys zuri madison from lexington i'm I'm not sure some of those guys are going to be able to make it but you know the majority of your 24 commitments will be there and then of course as i mentioned uh uh, 2025 you got lance jackson younger brother of landon uh, jackson sec media day star and uh lance is fired up he's been here so many times as you would expect being the brother of a player but um, I like where they're sitting with him. Uh, Big-time defensive lineman, four-star out of Texarkana, Pleasant Grove. On the Texas side there, 6'5", kind of a headliner for this weekend. Another four-star, Devin Harper for next year's class. 2025 out of Shreveport, Captain Shreve High School. Um, he's 6'5", 300, got offers from <clears throat> pretty much everybody, including LSU. So, you know, that's going to be a tough one. Alabama, Georgia, a lot of schools there for Devin Harper. Uh, we could go on down through the list here. You got a four-star linebacker out of Florida. Uh, are we saying Kissimmee, Florida? Is that how you say that?
2: I Kissimmee. That. I always thought it was Kissimmee.
3: Hey, that's that's a little full
2: word. Um, it you could be. <laughs> <laughs> I think you set me up for that uh, one. Yeah, I think I think you're shot. right though. I think it's Kissimmee.
3: Kissimmee, Florida. Um, yeah. Osceola High School. Anyway, mm-hmm. Elijah Melendez, six one, two twenty three, 223, mm-hmm. uh, composite four-star. We've got him as a three-star on 24-7 sports. Alabama, Arkansas, the list goes on and on. He's got Auburn, big-time player there. So that's another 2025 kid. And then, of course, got to mention the in-state, relatively uh, fairly recent offer, and Marcus Wimberly came to camp out of box site. Defensive back is what I'm calling Marcus Six one one eighty. I've actually, I think you may have too, Trey. Already put in a crystal ball for Marcus, just based on his initial comments mm-hmm. coming out of that offer uh, last month. So six foot one eighty out of box site, uh, uh minor there. So Michigan has joined his list. Really good, uh, really good player. It uh, seems to be shaping up for Marcus. So those are just a few of the the underclassmen we'll be watching. You've got Colton the Arbor uh, as, as well as well out of uh durant oklahoma he's a six-four, two-ten 210 edge rusher uh, got a really good offer list as well so some of these 25s and 26s really stand out and of course it's always good to get the committed guys back on campus could be a couple of guys who sneak in there who are um you know, we'll say undecided maybe even committed to other schools but Still kind of pumping the brakes on that, checking to make sure we can get a green light on some names. It doesn't
2: look, Danny, like there's any, uh, aside from maybe Jeremy Cook out of Hoover, it doesn't look like there's um, any 2024 uncommitted guys. looks like it's all kind of looking ahead to 2025, even 2026.
3: I'm glad you brought up Jeremy. I skipped right over him there on my list. But, yeah, he's definitely notable. I've uh, actually put in a crystal ball for him, kind of snuck one in there. Yesterday, just based on some intel we, we picked up last week, we put it on the razor's edge that Jeremy could be one to watch. I think that's especially the case after you miss out on Ashton Hampton, big mm-hmm. time safety out of Florida who recently committed to Clemson. So, got to pick up a, a probably one more safety. And, you know, this is a guy, uh, 6'3, 190. When I talked to him two months ago, he's 175, so, mm-hmm. and about 6'2 at the time. So, still growing. He's actually made the switch from wide receiver. He played primarily offense last year, now making the switch to uh, safety most of the time this year. So Arkansas seems to like him quite a bit on defense. They checked him out in the spring evaluation period. I think he's going to be one to watch, man. It wouldn't shock me at all if he's part of this class. I I remember talking to him, and he was just super fired up. Uh Uh, you know, I understand people look at him and say, yeah, he hasn't been rated. He's at Hoover, Alabama, uh, not a ton of offers. He does have Cincinnati. That's a pretty notable offer, I would say, nowadays. Uh, Southern Miss is on there. But I think a lot of it, trades is probably because he is making the switch. Most of his film is offensive, and, and maybe coaches want to uh, get a better look at him on defense. So Arkansas was in there early uh, for the spring eval period, and and. Evidently, they like what they see. So keep an eye on Jeremy Cook. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if that one starts to unfold rather quickly.
2: Danny West joining us again. You can follow him at Danny twenty 247 on Twitter. Does a great job for us. Danny, Sam Pittman said at SEC Media Days that their goal is always to sign 25 high school recruits. I had kind of changed how I thought things would work out. And for Arkansas, I was thinking more like 20 high school recruits. 10 transfer portal additions. So, who's right, Sam or me? How do you think things are going to play out in the future probably, with uh, the balance?
3: Probably, <laughs> probably both of you. If I had somewhere to guess, in between, I yeah, yeah, ideally he's probably right. Yeah, you, of course, you would like to sign 25 if they're the right 25. I think mm-hmm. that's kind of been the problem over the last couple of years. You see 22, 21, 23, whatever the case may be, not quite 25. And a lot of that is, you know, uh, do you take a flyer on a guy nowadays when you know you can use that scholarship and go get somebody who's already developed exactly. a little bit and kind of know what you're getting. So I think that's probably what they're running into. And look, man, they could probably help themselves in the rankings a little bit by taking two or three more guys a class, but is that really what you want? And are you trying to win the recruiting rankings or are you trying to get better immediately? Mm-hmm. And uh, You know, of course you want to do both, of course, but, um, yeah, it's just it's not always possible for Arkansas. They they do come up second for a lot of these big-time guys that ran on. And as we've talked about here on the show before, I'm not so sure that's a bad thing, and that's climate. I mean, you never know six, eight months from now uh, where these kids might end up. So, uh, yeah, that would be my answer for you. I think you're probably right, too. Um, and of course you would save some of those
2: scullies if you can. Well, Danny, the, right now Arkansas is lagging a little bit in recruiting. Now the quality level's is high. I, you know, I've talked before about nine four-star recruits in this class and 24-7 sports ranking history back to 2010. Arkansas has never had more than nine four-star recruits in a class, and that was in a 23-man class. There's just 16 in this class right now. The only schools ranked ahead of Arkansas right now that have fewer commits are Oklahoma and Alabama. Let me see if Alabama is still there. Oklahoma has one fewer commit, and Alabama has one fewer commit also, and Arkansas is at 16. So, I mean, from a pace standpoint, it doesn't seem like they're tracking to get 25 guys in here in this class.
3: Yeah, especially when you look at the big red boards, uh, which I just updated the offensive. Not a ton of new news in that. Um, I think people often get confused, like I'm trying to sell them on all this breaking news. A lot of times Mm -hmm. it's updating. Heights, weights, uh, visit, status, whatever the case may be. So mm-hmm. not a ton of new news. I'm still looking for maybe some new offensive line targets. Of course, uh, we're still talking about Jaquan McCroy. Uh, I'm not ready to call it yet, man. I just I see so many trends with Oregon being so far away, and they've got such a history of losing big time guys. I, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about it at length here on the show. But that's a long way from home for a lot of dudes, especially from Pinson, Alabama. So I'm not saying Arkansas is going to swing him and, and get him, you know, back on board or, or on board initially. Um, but I'm not ready to call it yet, man. That's just a long way from home. So in order to stay in the top 20, I think you're going to have to come away with a guy like that. you got to knock it out of the park with these linebackers. Uh, I, I would say you kind of have to flip a guy like Xavier Atkins out of uh, Texas need to keep the home state kid at home Wyatt Simmons he's been really really tough for us to get anything out of and you know that's their call to make but uh, I think Arkansas based on everything I've heard on Arkansas's end feels like they're in a pretty good spot with him so if you can knock out those two potentially swing McCroy there at the end man I, I think they've got a realistic shot to stay in the top 20 but you start looking around at Who's behind you so far? I mean, Texas, you're barely ahead of Texas right now, and they really haven't made their push yet. Um, uh, You know, South Carolina's got a lot of momentum, only 13 commitments right now. You know, Ole Miss always seems to close strong, and then you look down at Auburn, down at 14th in the SEC, only 11 commitments so far. So,
4: Selling a little or a lot?
3: It's really, really tough, but, Mm. um, you know, just based on the last few years, I would say this might be their most realistic shot if they can do those things that we just talked about to stay in the top 20. And, Mm. you know, is there a huge difference between 15 and 20? You know, going back to what we talked about a minute ago, some of those teams only took those two and three extra players, maybe three stars, and that's why they're ahead of you. So I think if you just get in the top 20, you've, you've done a really, really good job and you've you giving yourself
2: a chance. Yeah, I think so too, Danny. And but also to your point, you named three players there, and uh I'll add Jeremy Cook into the mix too for you know an Jeremy ideal Cook. finish there, and that's four guys. So um, I feel like I'm I'm right, and Sam was wrong on the number. <laughs> <laughs> Let him know, Trey. Right. Hey, Danny, with Wyatt Simmons, what's the status there? I mean, this is a guy that's you know, if I could compare his recruitment to anybody, it's not similar in one way to Traylon Burks, because Traylon Burks, we knew who he was like in ninth grade, and Wyatt Simmons just kind of exploded onto the scenes. But in terms of like social media and, you know, knowing what's really going on and everything, I mean, Wyatt Simmons is, is very similar in that regard, don't you think?
3: Yeah, he just – and hey, more power to him, man. It's his, it's his right uh, oh, yeah. to go about it this way, and I actually kind of like it. You yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've tried him a couple of times, and he's been very respectful and just, you know, declining comment. And, and uh, you know, head coach's son, they've been through it a little bit. I'm sure he's been well-versed in, in uh, how to do all of that and would have no trouble doing it. He's just – he wants to keep everything private, and I'm all for that. So, um, in terms of his recruitment, it seems like Clemson felt really good about him there for a little bit uh, based on what I was hearing that. At one time, and I haven't checked recently, he was only he was one of only four linebackers offered by Clemson in this year's class. Don't you think that's a pretty good compliment yeah, for a kid? Absolutely, that makes you feel pretty good. And mm-hmm. Clemson's kind of known for that, uh, you know, being very, very selective because they can afford to be. So I think they're tough competition. Auburn seems to have some connections there, and um, uh, hey, they felt good about it too. And i like I said, Arkansas has felt good about it. So. I wish I could tell you more. I just don't know, man. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's a lot going on, but I can only go based on what Arkansas is, is feeling right now, and it seems like they feel like they're in a pretty good spot with Wyatt uh, coming off of his official there in late June. Of course, you got the last one. He did go to Auburn June 1st and then Clemson two days later. And, of course, a few. Um, he went to church camp for a few weeks and then came back and went to uh, Arkansas for an official. And coming out of that, it sounded – Pretty good for the Hogs, but um, I'm not ready to make the crystal ball prediction if that tells you anything.
2: Gotcha. Danny, anything else you want to add for we catch you list. Oh, man,
3: I could talk to you forever, but it seems like we're about three weeks behind on all this. But uh, <laughs> planning sure. on planning on doing a, a podcast for Hog sports members uh, here in the coming days, probably after the cookout, mm-hmm. and just kind of go down and uh, kind of recap the summer a little bit. So be on the lookout for that. And we'll, we'll get into uh, certain things we'll, you know with a little more detail coming up here
2: pretty soon all right well we'll look forward to that and uh of course happy birthday danny west celebrated a birthday oh, on you. sunday he told me for the first time in 18 years i didn't text him happy birthday i missed him Dang. by a couple of days streaks
3: so. are streaks are meant to be broken but <laughs> I, i'll turn it on y'all i'll wish my baby girl happy birthday hers came uh, okay you know she was born three years ago the day before my birthday so it's kind of my birthdays are irrelevant nowadays, man. Nobody cares about it. It's right.
2: Mason's
3: birthday. She's, i mean, we're like three days later. She's still celebrating her birthday.
2: So. Mm. When you get our that's age, really you start right. celebrating like every fifth birthday. That's right. <laughs> like Forty, forty-five, such. All right, yeah. brother. Appreciate you having. Right, uh, appreciate you coming on. All right, everybody. That's yeah, Danny cheers. West again. You can follow Danny at Danny West twenty-four-seven on Twitter. Uh, does a great job with us at Hogsports.com again. Hog Sports is 50% off right now. Most of that stuff you read is just kind of a sneak peek into some of the insight that Danny West provides. And again, 50% off right now. It's like just over $6 a month, uh, which, which is what it breaks down to at Hog Sports. So, looking back at the SEC football media poll, all SEC teams, uh, order of finish, this is something that the media never gets right. I can't ever remember them getting right, especially. I mean, maybe they pre- predicted the first two guys the uh, first two teams, but last year they didn't last year they had Alabama and Georgia, Alabama predicted to win it all. It was actually Georgia and lSU uh, lSU did not get a single first place vote. I've shared with you guys before that I did things a little bit differently than everybody else. I was one of fourteen people to predict Tennessee to win the Eastern Division, even though I really like Georgia. I just think you know I, you know how I think you guys have been with me long enough to know that sometimes I think that. You know, what are the odds Georgia wins a third straight national championship? Because it takes a little bit of luck along the way also. New quarterback, I like new quarterbacks, and I went with LSU. I was one of 117 people, so a lot more popular uh, opinion uh, to pick LSU over Alabama, and I've got LSU winning the whole thing also, which I don't think is that far-fetched for a team that made it to the title game last year, has a returning starting quarterback. Um, I think I had six players on my uh, preseason All-SEC team, and uh, the combined vote uh, finished with four uh, players from Arkansas. So I had six. They had four. Brady Latham was left off, which I had Brady Latham. Uh, Cam Little was the other one, I think. I think that might be it. Maybe Landon Jackson. Did I do six or seven? Seven might be a little homery. (laughs) But anyway – the all SEC list and predicted order of finish is out. Alabama with 165 votes in the West. Georgia with 265 in the East. And Georgia with 181 overall. Alabama 62 for the overall. LSU with 31 overall. And Tennessee with five. Arkansas, by the way, with two and for the overall, three to win the Western Division. And some jackasses gave Vanderbilt eight votes. So if you're one of the people that Put eight votes in for Vanderbilt to win the Eastern Division. Uh, You are a jackass. Okay. How do you guys think Arkansas is going to finish? It's time to start thinking about predictions. Again, we're six – Saturdays away from that Western Carolina game in Little Rock. And By the way, I was looking at my Saracen app and noticed that Arkansas is 34.5-point favorites over Western Carolina, a team that they've never played before. Again, it's in Little Rock. It's the opener. It's a 3 o'clock game in Little Rock, Western Carolina at Arkansas, and you can check that out on the Saracen app. Um, 34.5 Arkansas's favorite. Do you like that? Do you like those odds? you like Arkansas to put five touchdowns on somebody – A separation of five touchdowns on somebody to open things up? I mean, you got a returning – got a lot of offensive firepower with K.J. Jefferson, Rocket Sanders coming back, a new cast of wide receivers, obviously. You wouldn't think that the offensive line, even if it comes to a point where the offensive line uh, is a problem for Arkansas moving down the road, it's not going to be against Western Carolina. They're going to dominate Western Carolina up front most likely. So, what do you think? Defense is going to be good enough? 131 ranked pass defense in the country last year. Are they going to be much improved? I think they're they're going to be improved. Are they going to be good? That still remains to be seen. But improved, yes, I think so. It's a hard deal to predict, you know, beyond the Western Carolinas out there and, you know, Florida Internationals and whatnot, beyond those teams. When you're talking about matching up against SEC teams, it's hard to predict things nowadays. I've said this before, but, like, if you take this Arkansas defense, the depth that they have that's going to allow them – knock on wood, to make it through an entire season with quality players all the way through, not just like you get somebody injured and just like, whole damn season's down the drain. It's not going to be like that because they have provided, they have put together depth through the transfer portal. You know, we talked about nine seniors on the defensive line. We talked about a legitimate three deep on the defensive line of players who have experience, who you feel good about, veteran, older players. You know, linebacker has shored up a lot. When you talk about Manny Powell and Jordan Crook being your fifth and sixth linebackers potentially, that's pretty damn solid. Uh, secondary could be a weakness, but still they have done a lot of work bringing in really quality players, changed something, obviously things up with the staff. But the problem is, again, you compare this defense and you take this defense and you put them back five years ago, it's going to be a stout, stout defense in this league. Okay, maybe – You know, you still have problems against, you know, the upper echelon elite Alabama, Georgia, but it's going to be a stout defense now. But you take this defense and put it now in the SEC. Ole Miss has done the same thing. They're out there, they're out there recruiting at, you know, a high level in the transfer portal. Missouri, you know, they're bringing in guys from the transfer portal. Everybody is. Everybody in the conference has been able to provide immediate depth for their defense instead of having a true freshman defensive end coming in and playing a big role. Um, you know Quincy Rhodes is probably not going to play that much next year. It's changed things for freshmen now. Lucas is going to play, uh, but you know he enrolled early. But for the most part, you're not going to see like half your freshman class come in and make a significant contribution like you used to see. It's just going to it's just not going to be that way anymore. So uh, it's really hard to gauge how good this program can be. What we do know about the offense is it's great to have a returning starter, multi-year starter at quarterback great to have some stability in the backfield at running back also. Um, but you know when you start looking at, you know the defense, yeah, it looks good on paper, but again, everybody else is doing this. So it's hard to predict. I've said before, I think four and four is not unrealistic at all for this team. In fact, I think it might be it might be a floor. eight and four overall. regular season, chance to win nine. I've said this before, too. You know, you look at that that four-game stretch in the middle of the season. You know, you come out of there one and three. That's not ideal for anybody. I mean, people would be raising hell if they come out of there one and three. Even if you predicted eight and four or something like that at the beginning of the season, when you're riding through the season game by game and they lose, it's incompetence. It's They're not trying hard. You know, all of these kind of things. It's the emotional roller coaster you ride throughout the football season. Even though you said they're going to lose four games, when it comes to the game and they lose it, rage rage <laughs> you know what i'm talking about like you know you calmly predict eight and four in the season before the season starts but when it gets here everything changes with your emotions on it and that's that's one of the things that makes football fun just the roller coaster of emotion that it takes you through week to week and not even during the game but throughout the season all the things that can happen Speaking of roller coasters, uh, Andrew Ellis, who's uh, been with us for a couple years now, uh, does a great job at Hog Sports. Top 10 Arkansas football wins this decade. I thought this was a cool story. He lays out some honorable mentions. I'm not going to get to those. So, do you agree with these or you disagree? 31-7 over Texas in 2014. I'm not going to go through all these. You guys can read this story if you want to. It's Hog Sports, H-A-W-G-Sports.com. You can read this. But the number one. What do you say is the number one story, number one win for Arkansas football in the past ten years? What do you think it is? I'll give you the top three. Twenty twenty one Arkansas twenty Texas A and M ten, stopped a big losing streak against Texas A and M. Kind of springboarded the Hogs. As far as conference play begins, two thousand fifteen Hunter he- Hunter Henry Heave. Some people call it the Hunter-Heave. Some people call it the Henry-Heave. Some people call it the Hunter-Henry-Heave. We're going Hunter-Henry-Heave. We'll just combine it all. Arkansas 53, Ole Miss 52 in overtime. Great game. And 2021, Arkansas, Texas. Arkansas 40, Texas 21. That, to me, is the greatest home environment in Arkansas football history. And a big reason for that is it was the first game where, you know, the north end zone was completely full. Because, you know, you go back to 2020, you had the 16,000 fan limit. Uh, and before that, it was the Chad Morris era, and nobody was just filling up the stadium. You know, I can remember the last game against what, Western Kentucky, was it 40,000, 44,000 in there? So, um, that was the best environment I think I've ever seen for an Arkansas football game, mainly because of the volume, the size of the crowd. By the way, size of the crowd. So you're adding more seats this year. You've got uh, the big red big red bar and grill, I guess. I don't know what they're calling it exactly. But it's in the north end zone up top. It's going to be shaded, which I think is nice. I think that's one of the problems with the north end zone seating is it's luxury seating. But it's, it's September and the sun's just blasting you in the face. I mean, you're just out there sweating. Um, but that bar area is going to be covered. So I think it's going to be pretty nice up there. Uh, but there are more seats But still, the stadium capacity is listed at 76,000. Okay, before they added the north end zone, it was 72,000. And there was all kinds of alterations during that 72,000. They had temporary bleachers and all that kind of stuff up there also. But it's always stated an even number. And you can't tell me that they added exactly 4,000 seats. You, just can't, you can't tell me that they added 4,000 seats. Arkansas is the only stadium that I know of, at least in the SEC, that just has this rounded off number. This is how many seats. So that's not. The, I want to know the capacity. It It grinds on my nerves a little bit from an OCD standpoint that I don't know the exact seating capacity at Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium. Like, why can't we get an intern to go around there and spend the summer counting the seats? What's the exact – what's the number? I'll tell you something else that kind of bugs me a little bit. The largest crowd in Arkansas football history, I believe it was against Alabama, and it's like 76 – it's over 76,000. Okay, that's back when they would do more estimations. They would include concession stand workers, media – well, I don't count. I don't count as a member of the media. I don't scan a ticket when I go in. Um, players for both teams, officials, everybody else, ushers. They used to count all those people. Uh, so – and it was an estimate. So the – back when it was a 72,000-seat 70, stadium – the capacity the 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 largest crowd ever is like 76 plus but now now they only do ticket scanned so every ticket that gets scanned counts as somebody at the stadium so you're never going to get over 76,000 so until they further expand the stadium you're never going to have a record crowd that Texas game is the largest crowd that's ever been at Arkansas but that's not how it shows up in the record books I just I don't like it. I don't like it. Maybe you're fine with it. It's the way my brain works. It's frustrating sometimes. It works really good for work, but in personal life, it's it can be a problem. <laughs> There's a story from 24-7 Sports, the greatest recruiting bust of all time. There's a couple of Arkansas natives on this list. You know, there's your Tate Martells and your Mike Bellamy's and so on and so forth, but Doriel Green Beckham, another guy that Arkansas was down the road for. Dorial, i believe. I mean, he had 87 catches for 1,200 yards, 17 touchdowns, freshman, sophomore year. I think he was drafted, second round. I mean, is that a bust? It's a – okay, this was from Reddit, I think a Reddit poll. Um, they got him a bust meter of two. Mitch Mustaine, I think you can definitely say Mustaine was a bust. You got him at eight. Now, he started eight games for Arkansas, and they they won all of them. But, uh, obviously, you know, he was the top one of the top ten players in the country and, you know, didn't make it to the NFL, didn't start for USC. All kinds of, you know, different things with that. But Mustaine's on this list. And Michael Dyer, who ended up going to Auburn. I don't think it's fair to put Michael Dyer on this list. Now, he didn't get drafted in the NFL. He might have played a game or two in the NFL. I think he was at the Raiders. I don't know if he ever got on the field or not. Uh, But this is a guy who was on a national championship team at Auburn and ran for 1,000 yards uh, as a true freshman. The next year he ran for 1,200 yards. I don't know. And, you know, obviously he had issues. You know, was removed from the team, bounced around, ended up at Louisville, I guess, ironically playing for Bobby Petrino after all that stuff. Uh, but I don't know if it's fair to put Michael Dyer on this list. I think you can definitely say Mitch Mustaine probably deserves to be on there. You know, there are some other guys. You know, Darius Winston was a five-star recruit. He didn't, like, you know, have a great Arkansas career and make it on to the NFL. A lot of people have suggested other players, Gary Breshears. You know, Gary Breshears was a four-star. I think there's a lot of four-star quarterbacks that didn't really pan out. But um, anyway, an interesting. reed go back in time and look at some of the the biggest bust ever.
1: Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every
2: journey. Okay, where do we want to go? I, had a, I met a buddy of mine in Nashville that I hadn't seen in a few years, before, a college roommate of mine. He listens to the show all the time, and he's, he listens. He doesn't watch, and he says, you know, sometimes I just pause, and he's like, my, my radio is it, and it's like, oh, no, it's a bitty pause, typical bitty pause. Sometimes I'm just going through my stuff. So I'm supposed to say, like, you know, make noises when I'm in between now. So, so Matt can know that I'm not pausing. I wrote an article about sack leaders. You know, Arkansas put up a school record, 42 sacks last year. You look at the other, the other uh, programs that were in the top five last year in sacks, none of them were in the bottom five in the SEC in pass defense. And Arkansas was the worst pass defense in the country last year. So, they were rolling the dice a lot, bringing the house, I guess, but did not have the players on the back end, particularly at safety, to uh, to cover some of these wide receivers because Arkansas also gave up a ton of explosive plays last season, like maybe more than anybody at least more than anybody in the SEC. So, you know, you lose Drew Sanders, nine and a half sacks. Jordan Dominic transferred out, seven and a half sacks. Miles Slusher had two. Bumper pool had two. Terry Hampton had two. You basically lose 58, 54.8% of your sacks from a year ago. Now you get Zach Williams back. You get Chris Paul back, uh, who had four sacks. Zach had four and a half sacks. So you got some guys back. Um, I think they're going to really rely on Landon Jackson. If you think about it, Landon Jackson finished last year at 238 pounds. Coming off the ACL, Sam Pittman says he's about 75% speed. Uh, he's about 84% of his weight. He's now at 283 pounds. So And started about 50% of the game and had three sacks. So you look for those numbers to, to tick up. This guy's clocking out at 20 miles an hour top-end speed also. If you want to know how hard it is to run 20 miles an hour, you can go out. You see this trend a lot, like those things that tell you if you're driving too fast on the road. You know, those little radar deals. It's got the number. And you see people sprinting and running, trying to see what kind of speed. If you want to know how hard it is to get 20 miles an hour, go out and test yourself on one of those things. But uh, I think landing can have a really big season. You know, you could, Trajan Jeffcoat had six sacks in 2020 in the short and 10-game season, was an all-SEC performer. Jashad Stewart had a couple of sacks last year. Jaden Johnson had a sack and a half. So you got some guys back. Eric Gregory had two sacks. Eric Gregory, I think, is maybe one of the more underappreciated players uh, on this team. Uh, and you got John Morgan, too. John Morgan had three sacks last year, 14 and a half career sacks. He had five and a half sacks in 2021. you got Anthony Booker and Keeby Rose. I don't know that Arkansas has, like – I don't know – again, I don't know as much about Anthony Booker or Keeby Rose. These guys could be super explosive off the ball. But I don't know if Arkansas has a guy on the interior that's just, like – he gets across the line so fast. You Remember Malcolm Shepard? Malcolm Shepard got, as far as any defensive tackle in Arkansas history, he got off the line faster than anybody I can ever remember. From the time that he got there, before him, since I've been watching Arkansas football, I don't know if Arkansas has that a guy that's just that fast off the line of scrimmage that's going to get in the backfield from the interior. Now, Armand Watts got in the backfield a pretty good bit, and he wasn't just like super quick twitch kind of guy. We saw some guys have some success in the spring, but it could be Arkansas has issues at offensive tackle. How's that going to work out? I'm not going to go into that too much because I talked a little bit about it on the Walk & Talk. If you didn't watch the Walk & Talk, then you can go back and watch that from SEC Media Days. I go through Radio Row and everything and kind of give you a peek behind the scenes. Again, I thought they did a great job at SEC Media Days organizing that. Kudos to the Grand Hyatt in Nashville. want to answer a couple, couple questions now. I did a radio show out of Alabama right before this, so I'm I've been talking for a while. Justin Williams says, I can't wait for Arkansas football. We win in ten this season. All right. NP Rich says, Is it just me or is the podcast breaking up? I don't think it is. I haven't seen any other I haven't seen any other replies on that. If it's breaking up for you, let me know. What's 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 Trey? <laughs> Always love watching the show, the walk and talk. Nessie's Media Days is great. Got me excited for football season. Six Saturdays from now, six Saturdays will be in Little Rock. Ten and two says Bill Rich. A lot of ten and two people drinking the Kool Aid. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Says Bill Richards. Justin Williams says I think that kid from Valley View will end up back at Arkansas eventually. Brian Huff, the linebacker. MP Rich says I'm with Bill. Ten and two. Ethan Malone says make me feel better about our O line. I mean, you got a couple of veterans returning. They definitely changed they I think they felt like a bigger problem with the offensive line was the coach coaching staff in the weight room versus the offensive line coach and the, the personnel. So that's the changes that they've made. And, again, you know, we've waited for Sam Pittman. One of the things that was intriguing about Sam Pittman coming in was his background as an offensive line coach. You knew he was going to recruit big-time offensive linemen. They've recruited several. You know, they they missed on a couple in this class. But, uh, you know, you look back at Andrew Chambly and, and Marion Harris, Patrick Kudis, Luke Brown. Uh, you know, those are all big-time four-star recruits. Uh, getting um, Joshua Braun was a former very highly regarded uh, player who started seven games at Florida before last year. So – we've been waiting for Sam Pittman's guys to start emerging to kiss Crawford, also part of this team. We've been waiting for those guys to, you know, it's just that he's had more returning starters every single year, multi-year starters, you know, like four <laughs> each time. So that's uh that's been kind of the, the reason we haven't seen those guys, but this is what we've been waiting for. It's just, it's always scary. It's all you, the unknown. Anytime you have like a new quarterback or something, I don't care how highly regarded he is. You never, never know how good he's going to be. And, the same with every single position. Maybe it's more amplified at quarterback, but I mean, I'm right there with you. I'm anxious to see. Is you know, is this group going to hang up, uh, hold up? You know, are they they going to be able to protect? They're going to be able to open holes. LSU ain't winning the SEC. LOL, not happening. I mean, Arkansas will beat LSU in the opener. I mean, it's it's possible, but here's the thing, Justin. I see these kind of you know comments all the time, like, you know, they come out with the top 25 and there's, you know, 10 teams on the list that just aren't losing. Everybody, every week, picks those 10 teams to win, but every single one of them are going to drop off. Every single one of them are going to lose, except for maybe one throughout the season. A lot of times, you you know, you get to the championship game and everybody has a loss. Um, the ball doesn't bounce straight up and down, as Houston Nut used to say. I love that quote. It's true. And teams lose. That's the reason they play the games. But you, people always act like it's insane to think that any of these teams can lose, and they all do. They all do at some point. So you never know. LSU won the Western Division last year. They lost the championship game by, what, 20 points? 2019, they won the national championship with one of the greatest offenses of all time, maybe the second-best offense of all time. But just because people predict something in an SEC media poll that is always wrong, it doesn't mean it's just going to play out that way. Doesn't mean that Georgia and Alabama are just gonna win. They very well could. Obviously it's Georgia and Alabama, but just because people predicted it doesn't and the majority of people think that way doesn't mean how it's gonna play out. And we see stuff like that. There are upsets all the time. All the time. Timothy David Long says, What's up, Trey? Always love watching the the show, The walk and Talk and SEC Media Days. Grab me so I think I've read that. Ten two. A lot of ten and two. Why does this thing bounce like this? It goes backwards. Justin Williams also says Arkansas will beat LSU. I think that's where I left off. John Smith says, Trey, if the dynamic between Petrino and Jimbo are not good, how much will it affect the win total? Uh, I think absolutely it could affect it. Now, here's the thing. Too many people talking about this toxic relationship between Jimbo Fisher and Bobby Petrino before it's even happened. You know, last year it was Brian Kelly with a fake Southern accent, terrible dance moves with recruits, cringy. Um, it was a, it was going to be a disaster, right? Now I didn't feel that way because I know Brian Kelly's history, but everybody was predicting Brian Kelly and LSU are going to be a terrible fit, and they won ten games last year, could have very well won eleven and went to the SEC championship game. So I, I'm kind of one of the people that are like oh, too many people are talking like this is a marriage that isn't going to work out. Now, having said that, I think I picked LSU to finish fifth in the SEC West. I just or not LSU, excuse me, uh, Texas A&M to finish fifth in the SEC West. Also maybe one of my crazy wild predictions, like, you know, just an off-the-wall prediction is that, um, you know, Texas A&M goes like one and four in a stretch in the middle of the season and ends up firing Jimbo Fisher on his way back from Oxford, hands the reins over to Bobby Petrino as the – as the interim head coach for three games. They go three and zero. They beat LSU and Baton Rouge to finish things off. And he ends up getting the head coaching job or is the fan favorite for that for that job. As I said before, you know, he may have hired his replacement, but I mean too many people are talking like this is this is a marriage made in hell, you know. And I don't know. I guess it's obvious that I tend to go against the masses sometimes. This is just how I think because I obviously pick Tennessee and LSU. And I'm probably going to be wrong on that. I mean, I, I admit that. That's, you know, I just – again, I look at Georgia and I say three national championships. Usually a team from the SEC is going to win the national championship. I think 13 of the last 17 have been SEC teams, maybe four in a row, something like that. I, I, I don't know. I just – winning three national championships, two is, is extremely difficult. Three – Timothy Davis Long says, David Long says, I say the Hogs finish second or third best. Justin Williams says, Hogs will finish first or second in the SEC. Everyone sleep. We have the best QB and RB in the SEC. KJ will be unstoppable this season, loaded up with the secondary. We're going to be busting heads. So, I would just ask you, Justin, do they have – it's great to have the best quarterback and running back. Do they have the best offensive line? Do they have the best defensive line? Justin Williams says, "We went in more than eight games. We will not be one and three in that stretch. Come on, bro, Justin. Justin is convinced Arkansas is going to what? Win the national championship. Win the West. Win the SEC. Um, it's a very tough stretch. And I'll say this, Justin: If Arkansas, if Arkansas does better than one and three in that stretch of four games, if they say go two and two, then they're a ten-win team." They have the ability to win 10 games if they can go two and two in that stretch. but I might have to save this, Justin.'ll we'll screenshot real quick. All right, I got it. I got the receipt, Justin. Hey, I, I hope you're right, dude. <laughs> Trust me. I hope you're right. It's definitely a lot more pleasant, but uh, I'm just trying to trying to look at it objectively. Johnson says, Trey, do you know what kind of offense K.J. ran in high school? Um, I don't really remember, but I assume he probably did some RPO stuff. I remember him running the ball a lot. I mean, I can remember going back, looking at his tape back four years ago. It's been a while. He threw for 3,100 yards or so. Well, I remember thinking what a, you know, long strider he is, yada, yada. But I can't remember exact offense specifically. I mean, I assume it was a spread offense with an RPO game. Justin Hoofman says, how difficult is it for an O.C., in your opinion, to manage a running back group as deep as Arkansas has? I don't think it's difficult at all. I think it's a good problem to have. I think that um, there's, a, there's one thing that coaches always say, and I can remember it back, you know, when there was McFadden and Peyton Hillis and Felix Jones and Michael Smith, and I remember coaches saying, yeah, we got to find a way to get Michael Smith the ball. No, you don't. You don't have to find a way. You just do it. If you want to get the ball to somebody, you get the ball to them. It's one of the worst phrases that I've heard from coaches and they say it all the time. We gotta find a way way to get him the ball more. No, you just do it. They used to say it about Traylon Burks when he was a freshman. It was I mean, it drove me insane with some of the games you'd come out and Traylon Burks had touched the ball like four times. Just just I don't I'm not going back there. I don't want my blood pressure to start boiling again. But you get the ball to a guy if you want to get the ball to him. You don't. You don't have to try. You just do it because that's the way you win games. So, to me, I don't think it's it's difficult. You know, not in this day and age. Because if somebody's unhappy, then they'll leave, and you just go get somebody just as good. And if they're better than somebody that you can go get, then you're giving them the ball anyway. And it's a it's a position where you put players get banged up. You know, you might you might have Rocket Sanders rolling and then, you know, you had him get banged up um in the bowl game and then you had the other two guys step up. So people always I, I always say, you know, you need three very reliable backs, but really you need more than that. And you really just two backs. You go with two backs and the third back comes in, you know, dramatically less in my opinion, than the than your top two guys. But eventually one of those guys is gonna, you know, get a hamstring or um, you know, something like that's going to happen. Something's going to, you know, cause them to get banged up, and you bring another guy in. Bill Rich says ten and two in football this season. That's my story. Why am I? Why is it bouncing like this? That's annoying. Like it bounces all the way to the top, and I got to find where I picked up. Too many changes lately with Facebook and Twitter. I'm trying to keep up. All right, where do we go? I'm going to go backwards, and then we'll. Go in reverse order. John Smith says, Trey, Jimmy Smith, in my opinion, is a fantastic recruiter. Any idea if he wants to move up the ladder at some point as an OC or head coach? Wasn't he a former high school coach? Yes, he was. Uh, I, I assume that he, one day he would probably like to be a coordinator and a head coach eventually. Trey, who are you repping on the shirt today? Uh, I've got uh, Domingo. It's a New Belgium. We went to the New Belgium Brewery. We were in Fort Collins. I got a lot of beer shirts. I was kind of disappointed in my T-shirt game lately. And so I'm like, I had to like pull back from it a little bit. It's like, all right, I can't just start buying T-shirts from everywhere I went. But I went to Odell and New Belgium. I loaded up on some T-shirts. So you probably see some more beer T-shirts. But this is a this is a sour, uh, and it's not a sour, or it's a sour, but they add something else to it to kind of pull it back a notch. But, yeah, that's uh, it's one of their beers. My brother-in-law's a brewer up there. And his wife actually works in the lab at New Belgium. Trey, how good is Snacks Johnson when you've seen him? I've heard things, but I think he had 12 tackles last year, which strikes me as very low even for a corner. Is that right? I'm just typing, Matt. I haven't gone away. Your radio's not messed up. Let's see. So, played and started in 12 games, totaled 16 tackles, one and a half sacks. So, 12 games, 16 tackles. No, it's not a lot of a lot of tackles. Now, started 12 games for the a, a, a pass defense that was number two in the Big 12 last year. So, that's notable. But, no, not a lot of tackles. He's actually a pretty solid tackler. In fact, from what I saw from him in the spring, to me, he's a good enough tackler that they should, in my opinion, really consider – looking at him at safety. You know, these sp- spots in the secondary are almost all interchangeable now. We saw him work some at nickel. I don't remember ever seeing him work at safety in the spring. But to me, when you, you know, you talk about James Singletary coming in and, uh, you know, you got Nudy McLaughlin back and uh, Ladarius Bishop coming back from injury. Obviously lost Quincy McAdoo, but you brought in, you know, some other guys, Keon, Keon Stewart, am I remembering that name correctly, uh, from TCU, uh, Jalen Braxton, also a really talented freshman corner. You know, you got to move guys around to get your best five DBs on the field. And to me, you know, Alfaheem Walcott, I think is a good fit for the nickel. And I like Lorando Johnson, potentially at safety. Potentially. But 16 tackles, no, that didn't jump out, does it? And we bounced again. Okay, Dustin Hoopman says, I'm excited to see what these new defensive coaches bring to the team. I think Arkansas made significant upgrades there. I like what I've seen out of them. Uh, I'm right there with you. Justin Williams says, KJ is going to have a Cam Newton type of season this year, and our defense will be solid. It's not going It's not a game on the schedule. We can't win this season with our offense. Landon Jackson going to be a force this season. Poopall is going to be great along with – the upgrade in the secondary snacks and the five star from UGA this season is going to be a special year for the Hog fans. I hope you're right. Cam Newton stats. Let's see what Cam Newton did in college. So, Cam Newton in 2010. Ran 264 times for 1,473 yards and 20 touchdowns. At the time, he was the only guy, I think, to do the 2020 next to Tim Tebow. So, is KJ Jefferson going to more than double his rushing total next year? I mean, Cam Newton's one of the greatest college quarterbacks of all time. KJ's great. Love KJ. Is he going to run for almost 1,500 yards? I mean, is that what's happening? I could see him throwing for over twenty eight hundred yards, two thousand eight hundred and fifty four yards, a one eighty two efficiency rating that would shatter the all time school record at Arkansas. Thirty touchdowns, seven interceptions. So one eighty two efficiency rating, two thousand eight hundred fifty four yards, one thousand four hundred seventy three yards, twenty touchdowns, thirty touch, so fifty touchdowns would be a hell of a year. I'd love to watch it. I'd love to be there watching KJ do that, and I hope you're right, Justin. I just think maybe a little bit optimistic there. Dustin Hoopman says, How difficult is it for an OC, in your opinion, to manage a group of running backs as deep as Arkansas has? We already read that one. That means we wrapped up. I want to thank everybody for joining me. I'm sorry it's been a couple of weeks since we've done the studio show, just traveling and, you know, Nashville, Fort Collins and stuff. Uh, but when we get to the season, It'll be, you know, two times a week, Monday and Thursday, and the Walk & Talk on Saturday. So we'll be back busy again coming up. I want to thank Danny West, and again, happy birthday to Danny and his daughter. Um, thank him for coming on, and I appreciate all you guys for your questions. Again, Hogsports is 50% off if you haven't done so already. And once again, leave us that five-star review on Apple Podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube page. Follow us on Facebook, and we certainly appreciate all that. And again, guys, I mean – it's about to come. It's We are right around the corner. Looks like August 4th, I would guess. They haven't released the official date. I assume they report on August 3rd, which is a Thursday, August 4th, which is a Friday. That falls in line with the 25 practices in 29 days leading up to the first game, which is September 2nd in Little Rock. Again, Brett Saracen has Arkansas. 34.5-point favorites. Download the Bet Saracen app, or you can go to, I guess, BetSarison.com. Uh, for all that. All right, everybody, thanks for joining me. This has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com. Catch you next time.